All right, this is another Mike Talk podcast. Today I have my very special guest, the owner of Color Ego. <laughs> my sister. What, what did you want me to call you? Your whole name or just your half name? Just share. Share or share? Which it. one? You already know. What's your last name again? Esquiano? Share Esquiano? Is that what it is? You're not saying it right. How do I? How do you say it? Euskiano. Euskiano. Sorta. Sorta. Sorta, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thank you for coming on to my podcast called Mike Talk. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> so. Fake <how> voice. <laughs> <laughs> so, how are you doing today? I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, pretty good. You doing pretty good? Mm -hmm. You seem pretty happy. I love your hair color. It's like fiery red. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not exactly red, red. Yeah, it has some like, violet to it. Yeah, it's, it's rare. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, uh, uh oh. I am a superhero. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you nervous? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> She's fidgeting with her strings on her sweater thingy. Sweater. What does your shirt say? Self love. Self love, boo. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. so, so, what do you want to talk about, Shashir? You said share, my I mean, share. What do you want to talk about, Shashir? What's on your mind? Don't know what's on my mind. What's on your mind? How's Color Ego? It's going good. How long have you been doing hair? This October is 20 years. 20 years? What made you decide to get into hair anyway? Well, what happened was... Uh, hmm. At one point in my life, back what? So 20, 21, 22... But probably like, what, 21 years ago, I was working at a place that I didn't even care about, but... Taco Bell? No, it was a call center oh, for I uh, servicing student loans. And I, um, they, uh, what's it called? Oh, I was unemployed. Uh-huh. Like they did, what is it called? They, I wasn't fired, but I was... However, I got unemployment, laid okay? <laughs> I was laid off. Okay. So, I, they had the EDD place. Yeah. And they, like, gave me a list of things of, like, here, here's some careers that you can go into. And I'm like, eh, nah, nah, eh, eh. And then it was, like, cosmetology. And I was like, hmm. I was used to, like, coloring mom's hair. Mom mm. would always let me color her hair. And then without paying attention like i was actually coloring my friend's hair mm -hmm. and then i thought well let me try it and then once i was there i was like oh yeah this is my jam i really liked it you did makeup also right 
Yeah, at one point I did, I went to, um, I was like driving back and forth to LA for a makeup course. And um, at one point I was doing makeup and hair for events, but now I just do my makeup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So 20 years you've been coloring hair, huh? Two decades. That's crazy. It doesn't yeah. seem that long, but like I'm old. Do you feel like you, <laughs> do you feel like you've mastered it? No, I feel that I can always be better. Like I feel like I feel like you can teach old dogs new tricks if they're willing to learn because mm. I'm always willing to learn. I still like YouTube, like I still follow people that are teaching things, still go to classes, like so I I feel like you can always keep learning, so I do. Why do you where did you learn that? Where did you learn this like oh you felt like you could always keep learning? Uh, is it just the way you are? Is it how you always felt? I mean, like, was I born for greatness? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was I born to be? Well, I guess. I don't know. Mom? Like, maybe always encouraging us. And just saying how, how great we were and amazing. And I don't know. I mm. feel like whatever I do, I want to be the best at it. Yeah. So I want to learn about it. Like, see, see how I can like be my best at what I do and if I can't then I get really frustrated if I can't like learn something right away mm. and like be the best at it so color ego is doing well yes and why, why did you decide to name it color ego your your salon I named it color ego which you know it like took me a long time to even get there because I just didn't want a basic name either like something basic that everybody else has so I came up with color ego because everybody, women, when you get your hair done, you feel like sometimes you could almost feel like a different person. Like if you're not, you know, having your hair and makeup done just makes you feel like put together. Mm -hmm. And so I thought of like the ego and then it's like, well, what color is your ego? You know, mm. like getting your hair colored can definitely change who you are. Yeah. And that's how I came up with color ego. Ah. It's simple, color ego, but it's different and not everybody has it. Yeah. So I like it. I like the sound of it. You better. Color ego. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> good. Because you try to make fun of me. I'm not making fun of you. I'm doing my voiceover work. Color ego. Yeah, because you. What? What did I do? Because, because you say it with like. <laughs> what? How did I like say you, it? Like teasing, like. I'm not teasing. Yeah, because you usually think you try to I'm say teasing it like. You. No, you try to say it like a, a cholo sometimes. I'm not even saying it like a cholo. <laughs> Color ego. No, I'm not even doing that this time. I'm doing my radio voice. Color ego. Like. You know, that's my radio voice. Mm, thinking it'll work on your but radio see, you voice. Always think, you always think that I'm taking jabs at you. You are. I'm not taking jabs at you. You think of something funny in your head and then you play it out <laughs> like a story, dum-dum. That's what you do. I don't do that. I don't know what you're talking about. Ladies and gentlemen, don't believe. Ladies and gentlemen, ego. don't believe <laughs> Mike Lopez. <laughs> uh, well, you're the one that calls me 
the scholar. Michael the scholar. Yeah. <laughs> so for 20 years you've been doing color ego. Mm-hmm. What, what's the what's the greatest lesson you've learned in those 20 years? The greatest lesson? Yeah. Oh gosh. Like like what would you tell the you the cuz you you're what 42 going on 43, right? Oh, we just put it out there. Yeah, put it out there. Um <laughs> what would you tell the 22 year old share? The 22 year old share. Hmm. I would tell her to I don't know what I would tell her. Like, everything has seemed to work out. and Nothing you would have done differently? With Not with hair, no. Mm-mm. It's allowed me to, um, to have my own schedule for the kids, you mm-hmm. know? Which I never thought I was going to have <laughs> when I have a husband and kids. So it's allowed me to, like, be there for everything for them and not miss anything. Um and just make my own schedule. So I started off, you know, with uh, working at like, it was called Fantastic Sam's. Yeah. And I gave myself a two year limit that I would gonna be there two years, learn what I could, and then I, w- I was gonna leave there. Fantastic Even if I had insurance Sam's. and everything, like I didn't, that didn't matter to me. I just- I don't even remember you working at Fantastic Sam's. It Sam. was off of Panama. Yeah, I vaguely Yeah, cause that. you're a jerk. <laughs> what? Well, I gotta. I, I don't remember going there. Maybe I. Maybe no, you I, didn't go there. I don't think I ever went. Uh-uh. Yeah, I don't think I ever went. See, my I, I'm six years older than you. Uh huh. My my sister and I have a very funny relationship. Well, it's not even really funny. It's just when we were younger, it was a very intense relationship. <laughs> Intense. Very intense. I mean, multiple, how intense, Michael? I mean, hey, please, multiple, please tell the people. Multiple times, I had to, you know, put a knife to your throat and oh god, call my mom. Hey, I'm gonna kill her. <laughs> my mom's at work, panicking. And I would wish death upon you. You would wish death upon me. Yeah, things like that. But now, yeah, but you know, we got older. Little we, things, you know. <laughs> we outgrew that, huh? We've outgrown that, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah, like totally. I don't wish death on you. <laughs> I mean, no, ever. Never. Yeah. I think it took. Let's see. You had your kids first, and then I had my kids, which probably softened me up by me having like Monico, and then. Like your kids were in like early elementary, and then they start coming over to my house like daily after school. Uh huh. And then I don't know. No, Chuck. But I think even before then, even before I had kids, I think I had. I mean, I always loved you. You know, you just got on my damn nerves. <laughs> <laughs> That's really uh, what it was. Hold up the mirror. There was nothing wrong when I when I held up the mirror. I just saw perfection. <laughs> God. <laughs> that's all I saw you know what I, though, um, I, I was in therapy yesterday mm-hmm. and you know what I learned what that I had a traumatic experience as a child and it is one of the things that still triggers me to this day in certain situations never realized it 
A traumatic Never, experience. Yeah. Huh. So do you remember when, <clears throat> when Sam tried to kick me out the house? Mm-hmm. And so who, who I'm referring to is my grandmother was married to a man by the name of Sam. I used to call him Grandpa Sam. Now, this is the same man who kicked my mother out of the home when she was 13. And uh, when I was 13, he tried to kick me out of my grandmother's house one night. And um, through this whole experience that night, uh, it 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 caused a a, uh, a thing on me mm-hmm. like this it this helplessness like so it was the only time I ever felt helpless, um, and because of that, um, whenever I feel helpless, it triggers this thing in me where I have to like like I have to move forward. I have you know. It's it's a reason why like I don't like depending on people. Mm-hmm. I don't like I don't like asking people for help. Yeah. I you know, if I do ask for help, it's because I really really trust you. Yeah. Uh, or I really 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 respect you, or I'm willing to pay you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, um, but I don't like to ask for help. I hate it. Um, I don't know. It was just a really deep. It was really deep yesterday because yesterday I felt like shit. Oh. You know, like yesterday, I was just like down in the dumps. I just mm-hmm. really felt like shit. Like I wasn't doing nothing with my life. My life was shit. I haven't accomplished anything. Oh my god! Oh yeah, I just I just woke up and I just, and and I was like, well, why? Well, why do I feel this way today? You know. So after talking and going through, and then you know, uh, she asked me, well, when when's the other time you felt helpless in life and. I told her. I said, "Oh, I I could tell you exactly when." And I told her the whole story mm-hmm. of what <clears throat> happened that night. I don't know. Did have I ever told you the whole story of what happened that night? You probably have. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he tried to kick me out of the house. He was. He came in the house. He was drunk, you know. And he's motherfucker. Get the fuck out of my house. Pull that fucking car off of my grass. You know. He's just. He's, mm. you know, and this up until that point, he'd always been Grandpa Sam to me. And mm-hmm. then so I think mom was at church that night you and you went with her. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was just trying to watch the Atlanta Hawks and the L.A. Lakers play. Spud Webb was playing against Magic Johnson. He had just won the dunk contest, you know. So I was like, oh, I want to see this game. I remember just laying on the floor watching the game. and um, And I remember... You know, I got the keys after he tells me to move the car. And I remember I moved mom's car off of the grass, you know. Um, I knew how to move it, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I remember I was sitting outside and I was crying. And I remember Aunt Gloria, who lived in the front house. So there was there was two homes on the property. There was a back house and a front house. My aunt lived in the front house. And I remember I was on the, the steps of the back house, the house he had just, you know, basically kicked me out of. And he... Uh, um, yeah, I'm sitting on those steps and I'm crying and I'm in tears. And I just remember Aunt Gloria being at the, at the window, the kitchen window of, of the back of the front house. And she just says, are you okay? And I said, I think I am. I don't know. You know, I was like 12, 13. Like I, I, I didn't really understand what was going on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, uh, she just closed the windows. I never forget that. She just closed the windows and she didn't, I felt like at that moment, like she didn't defend me. Um, so then what did that do? It triggered something in me. Now I knew grandma kept 
that baseball bat behind the door. Mm-hmm. So what did I do? I grabbed that bat. And I was like, I'm about to fuck him up. <laughs> now, there was another thing that I realized in telling my therapist the story was mom had already told me where the deed was. Mm-hmm. For whatever reasons, mom told me where the deed was. And she told me that herself and Gloria, Uncle Willie, and Uncle Roy, and Grandma Josie were the only ones on the deed. So that Sam didn't own Mm-hmm. this property now why my grandma Josie protected this man I mean I don't know she had her own reasons I, I, I you know I'd love to ask her but you know she's mm-hmm. been long gone so I knew that that deed was in my mom's room in a drawer I knew exactly where it was so I thought about grabbing that deed and going fuck you you don't own this fucking property mm-hmm. right like but my initial reaction was, you know, I'm grabbing a bat. I'm beating the shit out of this man. Mm-hmm. I grabbed the bat. I walked down that long hallway and I can hear him snoring. He's passed out. So I come around the, the bed. He's passed out on the bed. And I remember I raised that bat and I was getting ready to bash his fucking head in. And then I just remember. And here's what, here's some other ironic stuff that is just really crazy. I don't know if you remember, but but Sam was a photo retoucher. So mm-hmm. he would get negative the, the negatives of the film. He would make a print and then he would go on the, the he would go on the film and he would retouch the film. You know, he would remove blemishes, he would oh, paint. Wow. Yeah, he was a retoucher. I didn't know that. And you know, now like I like yesterday it was like, wow, this dude was a retoucher. Like, you know, this is shit I do all day long. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like and he um so I just remember I had the bat, I was getting ready to bash his head in, he's passed out. And then he used to have those Aztecan warrior photos, those paintings. I remember those. Up on the the wall. And I remember, you know, I, I don't know if, if whoever's listening, like these there's these it just look up Aztec warrior and it's always this Aztec warrior with he's holding the woman and she's like she's like like holding on to him for like he's the great you know warrior and it's always the angle like you're looking up at him and you know and I just remember looking at those photos or those paintings and going why do they look so weird to me right now mm-hmm. they just look, and then I just remember a voice in my head was like get out of the room mm. and uh, I I didn't bash his head in because I I went in that room to murder him. That's what I was going in there to do. Like they, like something triggered in my head. Like, yo, kill this dude. Fuck him. Wow. And I didn't. And I walked out of the room. I waited for mom to get home. Mom came home. Mom went straight in that room and lit his ass up. She pulled out the <laughs> deed. And uh, she, was, she was getting with him in Spanish. I didn't know exactly what she was saying. But I'll tell you what. It was some chingaderas and some other stuff <laughs> being said, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was mom protecting me. Mm-hmm. And so last week when I called you and I and you know after I had talked to the doctor and everything, mm-hmm. um, I felt helpless. Mm. I felt that same feeling. Uh, for those that are listening who have never you know listened before, uh, I got diagnosed a couple of years ago with multiple myeloma, which is like a blood cancer. Uh, but 
it, it's not active is what they say. They say like I'm on the edge of a cliff and I can stay on the edge of the cliff for the rest of my life. I can go back inland or I can go over the cliff and there's really nothing I can do about it. According to the doctors, like it's totally based on what your body wants to do. Mm-hmm. So after I get this phone call from my doctor, after they did some blood work, he, he's like, oh, I'm a little concerned about this. You know, let's do some more bone scans on you. Let's do some more, you know, urine samples. Let's just double check. And I felt helpless because I asked him, I was like, yo, man, can I, what do I have to do? Like, can I, you know, can I change something in my diet? You know, what, you know, what am I doing? I'm already, you know, I've been losing weight just by changing my diet alone. And, and I just felt helpless. And at that moment, like when I called you, I was like, fuck, this is where I need my mom. Mm-hmm. Because mom came in and protected me. Mm-hmm. Mom, you know... And it was like, oh, man, she's not here anymore. Yeah. You know? So I lost my mother two years ago. We lost our mother two years ago to pancreatic cancer. Um, and, like, not, there's nothing or no one that can replace my mom. No one. Nothing, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I just felt, I felt very um, helpless. And so that's so. And then so, what did I do? I just kept pushing myself to like, oh, I gotta go do this. I got like I push myself. Yeah. But then what happens is I hit a brick wall. Like I get tired. Yeah. And then I and once I get tired, then you know it settles in, and that's what happened yesterday. Settled in with me. I was like, yo, why do I feel like shit? Because you still have to deal with it. I still have to deal with it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I still have to deal with it, and and I miss my mom. Totally. I like I miss her tremendously. I'm not ready to see her though. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I'm not ready to go. I, I I still feel like I got tons of things that I need to do, tons of things I still offer the world. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um I, I don't think I would have uncovered that had I not been going to therapy and, you know, trying to figure out why, you know. And basically what my therapist said was still part of the grieving process. It's still grieving. Totally. You know? Yeah. And I mean, I'm we're two years into her passing. Um, and yeah, I still have moments of grief. And I wonder how many other people out there who don't, you know, who don't go to therapy, like, like how, how are they doing with um, grieving? Yeah. I would think that majority just push it off. And never really deal with it. It's easy not to deal with something. But I feel like eventually you come to like that dead wall where you like have to. Or you're wondering like, what's, what's, what's wrong with me? You know? uh-huh. But it goes like super deeper, you know? How have you dealt with it? Um, I did start going to therapy, I think since March. Uh-huh. And then prior to that, you kept telling me that I should go to therapy. But I almost, I do feel like it's only when people are ready to deal with whatever they need to deal with or want to deal with, then um, that therapy could probably like make a difference. Yeah. But I've been going and I think that, I think sometimes just saying things out loud to maybe someone that you don't know it like it helps and yeah. it, even if you say it out loud and then you kind of 
reflect back on what you said, you know? Yeah. And you can start helping yourself come to some answering your whys. Yeah. You know? But, um, yeah, therapy has been... Has what been have good. you learned so far in therapy? Um... I think I'm still learning how to be without my mom. Mm -hmm. I want to get to a point where I could talk about her and not cry. Yeah. But I don't know how long that's going to be. Well, you and mom are really, gosh, you guys were attached at the hip. Yeah. You're always up mom's ass. Like, hey, Shashira, get out of mom's <laughs> ass, okay? Golly. Shut up. Well, that was my, she's like, she's my homie. Yeah. Oh, man. And even when I did live away from home, uh -huh. we talked all through the day. Yeah. I would call her. She'd call me, right? And then have my family. We'd go out of town. And I would still call her when i got there so that way she wouldn't worry then we call her in the morning call her at lunch call her at like we were like constantly talking if i wasn't home yeah so that's just you know and then she lived with us yeah. you know so that just man it's a whole level of learning how to be without her yeah you know i felt like she gave us great life skills um because i i always remember her saying like you know i you know i need to teach you guys to survive in case i'm never here someday like yeah. you have to know what to do how to do it yeah so i feel like we have that it's just even how you're saying the how you something triggered you and you go back to where you need her to protect you yeah right like that's something you can't prepare somebody for like there there's nothing like having mom yeah even just say like it's gonna be okay yeah there's nothing like that anybody else can say it and you're like yeah i know but like the comfort of your mom or at least our mom mm. you know it's like you can't you can't there's nothing you can teach somebody to do that that you can't learn that she gave us all these life skills and all this love, but there's nothing like a protection of like, like your mom. Nothing. And maybe some people would be like their mom and dad. <clears throat> we don't really know the dad's side. <laughs> yeah, that we don't know. Uh, that was not there, but she was our mom, dad. And then as us being older adults, she was like our homie. Yeah. Best friend. Yeah. Like all right or die. She was down. Yeah, she was. So, like, there's nothing to prepare for that. Those type of times. Yeah, you know? I, um, gosh. What I would give right now to have her rub my head. Yo, I told oh, you. I told man. you what I could do. No, no, no. <laughs> I told you no, we could not, do it, Michael. We're, no, we're not digging up my mother. We're not doing that. <laughs> I, that's where I draw the line. I don't, I don't want my mom's dead hands rubbing on my head. I'm sorry. We, we could put it like in some type of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Police. Yeah. My sister's down there right now with the shovel. Um, can we please uh, arrest her? God. 
gosh. Well, I mean, <laughs> if you ever don't, <laughs> I'm down with it. <laughs> we can. Uh, yeah, no. I, there, there's a line that I have drawn, and <laughs> that's not it. Mm, never know. Sometimes. Although, although at um, at the funeral, you know, when when I saw her for the first time in the ten or eleven days on the um, from the the night she had passed you know like oh my god like to see her like yo i thought she was alive dog i I mean she was i was like yo let's go cuz like you look good shit let's fuck you doing all that in this ma come on let's go like come on get up hurry up get up let's go come Mm -hmm. on oh man like ooh, that was oh i so needed that Mm. oh i needed to see her i mean and i remember when i first got it to the funeral I was setting up my 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 video camera and all that stuff, so I was kind of like away, and I and I saw she was over there. I saw the casket was mm-hmm. open, and I saw I think Kobe, Kelly, I can't remember who was up there, and then finally, I got my chance to go up there and like, like yo, like, and I remember I took I took photos of her in the casket and Mm -hmm. I periodically look at that photo and I'd be like yo that's not how I saw her that day she looked live and well Mm -hmm. I was like yo what are you doing in this thing (laughs) come on let's go Uh this is bullshit come on this is a joke let's go you Mm -hmm. know but yeah man that that um you know but then I you know like all the suffering that she did those last few months, especially that last month. Mm-hmm. Like. You get it. I mean, you get like she had to go. Oh, man, I couldn't see her suffering like that. Yeah, it was hard. Absolutely. Oh, my God. And knowing she just was never going to get better. Oh, man, that's. That's tough. I, I, sometimes I wonder what's worse watching her suffer or randomly getting a call mom's dead you know she didn't wake up in the middle of the night like what's what's worse from what i heard like from others that have that's happened to them like a sudden death i think the sudden death is worse than you know mom mom took the pain mom took it like a champ and just really tried to be stay alive like another day yeah just to be with us, right? Yeah. Just to be living. Ooh. But people that have had experienced sudden death with their family members, not that anything is harder or less harder for us, it's just a different level of hurt. Yeah. You know? We've got, we were blessed to have clo- like closure. Yeah. And to say anything that we needed to say with mom. Yeah. And not everybody gets that opportunity. So I feel like we had an amazing opportunity at the cost of her, you know? Yeah. Like she took it for the team. Yeah. But like we had an amazing ending with her too. And yeah. not everybody gets that opportunity. Yeah, no, it was and then just the the the, the night of her death, like right? <laughs> like just a whole other level of like a whole other level. Um, and I, I talk about it in, in um, one of my podcasts. Well, mm-hmm. I talk about it in the podcast. Uh, you guys can go back and listen. Um, 
I, I talk about the life story of my mom and I, and I talk about the uh, the night that she passed. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, that was intense, man. Totally. That was really intense. Unlike anything I've ever, I thought I experienced, I, I think I, I felt like I experienced a, a great deal to, of that with mm-hmm. Uncle Willie, but at, up until that point, like with mom, like, yo, it was on a whole nother level, man. Absolutely. Like, yeah, it was, it's kind of surreal when I sit here and I think about. Like night. nobody would believe us. Nobody if you, would. If you weren't there. If you weren't like, there, you like just, it'd, it'd be hard to believe, but you know, the two of us were in there in the room with my mom and just, I, we literally just felt her touch us. Like, I, I don't know how to, to explain it. Yeah. I just felt like it's wild. Yeah. Go listen to that other podcast. You, it's it's on Mic Talk. It's pretty deep. Now, why are you doing Mic Talk? Because one day I won't be here. Mm-hmm. I will not be on this earth. And uh, I want my family and friends to hear me talk. <laughs> hear, yeah. hear what my thoughts were or... That, you know, you know, I mean, because I mean, I'm 48 now. Right. Mm-hmm. And and the way I look at it is like, I'm like, OK, mom lived till she was 70. Right. Yeah. And out of all of her siblings, she lasted the longest. Right. Right. Uncle Roy was 66 and Gloria was 63. Uncle Willie was 56. Yeah. Grandma Josie was 63. Wow. You know, mom lived the longest, right? If I just look at that and I go, okay, my dad was, our dad was, what, 63 also. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I'm 48. Let's just say I get to live as long as my mom does. Our mom, right? My mom. Your mom. (laughs) That's 22 years. Mm Mm-hmm. So what is that? Am I am I am I on am I climbing up towards the top of the hill, or I'm or am I on the downside, the shade side of the hill? Mm. And I'm like, yo, I'm on the shade side. You know, in my mind, like I have less time going this way than I did going this way. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? In my mind, now I don't know. I could live. I could be like our grandpa Robledo and live to 93. I, I mean, I, I don't know. You know, I mean, there's a lot of Lopez's that have lived extremely long. Yeah. Um, but I'm just like, yo, like, if I know these last 25 years have blown by, what are these next, you know, 22 years? Yeah. What are those? What are they going to be like? So I like, I'm like, yo, I, I that's why I just like feel like I don't have time to waste. So I'm recording everything. I mm-hmm. I live in a time and an era where everything is digital. It's easy. You know, you when we were younger like to have a video camera like yo that was expensive yeah um to take photos that was expensive i mean yeah we may have had a camera but once you shot the film like that was a you know for you know for families that didn't have money like yo that cost money Mm -hmm. you know so we had i remember we used to have tons of undeveloped film their photos were taken but didn't nobody develop them photos because then nobody have no money to get them developed, mm-hmm. you know? So we live in a time where, like, all of this stuff can be captured. And, you know, there's this movie that I watched in 1993 called My Life. Mm-hmm. It's with Michael Keaton. Basically what happens in this movie 
he finds out that he has cancer and that he has i think it's pancreatic cancer Mm. and that he has like at most six months to live uh queen latifah's in this movie Mm -hmm. and i remember watching this movie with mom Mm -hmm. and i'm bawling because in the movie what he does he finds out that his wife is pregnant oh gosh and so he's not going to be around when the baby's born so he's like yo i got a video camera i'm going to teach my son how to shave so he records himself giving instructions on how to shave he he you know like how to you know how to how to how to how to you know change a tire you know mm-hmm. like this this library of let dad teach you some stuff, even though I'm not going to be here. Like, this is stuff. You, and I remember Michael Keaton was fantastic in that movie. And by the end, oh, and then and then Michael Keaton had issues with, I think, his dad. And his dad finally came around. And Queen Latifah was like his nurse. And like, yo, that movie right there, like, like it stuck, it, it stuck something in my head. Because the other day, we were watching video from when Kobe was born. Kobe's mm-hmm. my son. And this is 22 years ago, almost 23. And you're at the hospital, mom's at the hospital, and and I'm recording stuff. And someone, I forgot, someone someone asked, Michael, why are you recording all this? And, and you know what my answer was? I have to document all this. Mm. So that was... 23 years ago where I'm like, yo, I got to document all this. So that's why, like, you know, when me and the kids would make movies when they were younger, like, it was like I was documenting their childhood in a different mm-hmm. different way. Like, they can go back and watch these movies, you know, and any of the kids that, were, that participated in any of these homemade movies that we used to make, like, they all remember that shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, um, so I, I think that's... I think that's where my thinking is, you know, mm-hmm. like, and so I don't want to waste time. I want to go see everything. I want to taste everything. I want right. to try to be as healthy. Once again, I love my mom, but I'm not ready to see her. Mm-hmm. I'm not ready to, you know, as Steve Jobs says in his great speech, he goes, even Christians aren't ready to go to heaven, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. because no one knows what's after this. Right. Like, you know, I mean, we, we think of heaven. We think we're supposed to see everybody, you know, but, you know, like, I, you know, like, I don't, you know, no one's ever come back and say, hey, man, this was some bullshit. It ain't even like that, you know, or, <laughs> or it is. It's just like it, the mm-hmm. streets are paved. No, no one's ever come back and, like, told us that, you know. But I do realize that I am here. I got here for a reason. Yeah. Um. You know, if our mom and dad don't get together, there is no me, there is no you. Mm-hmm. If 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 their parents don't get together, there is no me, there is no you, there is no them. Mm-hmm. Like, so we're I'm here and I'm trying to make, you know. The best of your existence? The best of my existence. I'm trying to leave the world better than what I found it. Mm-hmm. And I think, that's, and that's all because of mom. I just think all the things like, you know, she made me who I am. Like she totally created totally. this. Totally. Totally created this. <laughs> like, like, yeah. 
She created this. She created the... No one's going to tell me nothing. She created the... Um, I can do whatever I want. She, you know, like... So, like, like it's crazy because, like, Kanye West's mom, like, she did the same exact thing. And, and so when I hear him talk, I'm like, yeah, I... I totally know what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I so get him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's crazy. I Sometimes I, I'm, I'm like, yo, Kanye, I think we're brothers, you know? Like, you know, although people think he's crazy, and it's like, I, I just think the same way. Like, I just think, like, my mom just, this is what my mom told me. Mm -hmm. And because of that, that's just, you know, just made me who I am. Wow. Yeah. Special, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Why? So special, Michael. <laughs> you guys don't realize, like, you know, she mm. just randomly will call me and that's what she'll do. <laughs> Michael, the scholar. <laughs> mm hmm. How did, how did you feel about becoming a mother, even though all those years you were like, I ain't having no kids? Oh, man. Um, well, I mean, changed my life. I was surprised that I, you know, was a mom, even though I was married and... I, I did blood work to confirm I was pregnant and remember them calling me and um, they're like, congratulations, it's positive. And I'm like, uh, yeah, can you check my medical record number again? <laughs> <laughs> and they had me say it over again. I'm like, and and you have to share Evskiano. Like, you don't think you guys mix it up with somebody or they're like, no, it's, uh, this is yours. And I'm like, Okay. It's a shock. Yeah. But I just never knew I can love like that. Uh, like I love them. Yeah. And I didn't like kids. Oh my god. Like I loved your kids because they were my niece and nephew, but you know, unfortunately, with my own selfishness, like I missed out on like your kids' baby years, because to me, it wasn't like that important, but really as an aunt and uncle it is important mm. and so once i had moni and then three years later juby i think i just i knew the importance of like being in the family's life yeah so so you did my kids dirty is what you're saying well well i cheated it's my a lot, dear. <laughs> i cheated my own self out of them being little i would see them at mom's house you know i would see them at the house um but i, I definitely could have been a better like aunt to them as them being little mm -hmm. because when i actually had to watch kobe one time he was already like six and he i took him to the store with me and like he starts crying <laughs> we went to albertson's and i'm like What's wrong? What? What? You, like, oh, I'm like, what? You, you want a candy? You want a donut? Like, I didn't know. Like, he just was with two strangers because he's with me and Rob went to Albertsons, 
And this poor baby's crying because you don't know the heck I am, really. I mean, I really hadn't been around him too much. Yeah. Here and there, he would see me, but I wasn't mom. Yeah. You know? So, I missed out on your kids being little littles. When I wish I would have been around more. As but you were being. so young, though. You were I young. I know. Yeah, so it was, I was young, but my mentality, like... I don't uh, like kids. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't like kids. <laughs> they annoyed me. Yeah. I, I wanted nothing to do with them. Yeah. So having Monico totally softened my heart. Yeah. You know? And now I'm like, oh. I like other people's kids now. <laughs> I mean, majority of their kids, I like them. So, that's a big deal. Yeah, that is a big deal for you because <laughs> I was like, hey, she ain't never having no kids. And some other kids, I actually love them. Really? I do. My cousin's kids, I love the kids. Felicia's kids, I like, I love them. That's a big deal. You heard it here first. It's <laughs> a big deal. <laughs> You heard it here first on Mike Talk. She actually loves some children. I do, Michael. <laughs> so. What's the future hold for you? What? What does the future hold for you? What does the future hold for you? <laughs> um, well, first of all, I mean, I currently these days have more education than you. <laughs> so <laughs> technically I'm on the technical she's the, she's side the, she's the smartest one in the family I'm right the now. smartest one right now because you just got your AA I got my uh uh-uh. yeah. uh-uh. uh-uh. I did got, I got my associates and now you're at Cal State Bakersfield and now I'm at Cal State what's your major? going full time so I'm majoring in psychology I'll, I'm not sure I think I might master in I think I might end up doing like family therapy and going to school definitely has helped me mentally after mom because I need to stay really, really busy. Like I need a lot to do. I don't want, I don't like too much downtime. So I'm totally busy. I mean, you're lucky you're paying me to be here or <laughs> just kidding <laughs> just kidding yeah, okay <laughs> roll your eyes again roll hey hey who's the smart one here <laughs> oh i'm sorry she's here you're the smartest it's one share thank you very much oh share okay anyways Color i'm going to cal state <laughs> i cal state helps me stay busy <sighs> over the journey of my mom passing my mom my mother passing. The kids had a really hard time because she lived with us. She was like a mother, right? And there was this therapist named Jasmine who helped them tremendously. And I had a moment, the light came on of like where I needed to be, like my next phase in life. Like I felt like I can also help somebody through grieving like she made a huge difference especially with monico so the light came on i went back to bc finished that moved on to cal state so my next journey 
in life is to be a therapist because I know how important it is for therapy, you know? So I'm not sure if I'll go for my doctorate, but I might do it just so you can call me, so you can call me Dr. Cher. <laughs> I mean, and we need I'll sue your ass. <laughs> Dude. Dude. No, I know a master's, but we'll see after that. I mean, if I did a doctor, it's because literally, like, I want you to call me Dr. Cher. <laughs> and when I get a master's, you know what that means? You're going to call me Master Cher. That's what you're going to call me, Michael. So... <laughs> Yeah, you are. Yeah, shit. you are. I don't care what yeah, you say. Yeah, you could whatever. Share, hey, share. No. I don't know why you hate that name. I love that name. Oh, it's why do we have to talk about the dumb name? Knock it it's off. Not, your mom gave you that name. Yes, I know that. But like, why does it gotta be dumb? If your mama gave it to you, you love her. I yes, I do love her. She's also made some mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what, what, and I mean, that I, name was one of them. Okay, so let me ask you this: What? What would you have rather been called? So, Stephanie. Don't I look like a Stephanie? Nope. You'd be like, "Hey, Steph." No. Yes. No. You look like Cher. Show Cher. I'll take. Okay, I'll take Cher like Sunny and Cher. Okay, <laughs> but. Share, like, do you know how many times has been brutal throughout this forty, this this twenty three years, <laughs> <laughs> this uh, forty two years? Is my name's been brutal? Like, it's been chopped up. Cha cha. I've, I've heard it all. And then you tell me how they get cashmere. <laughs> so then I would get frustrated, and I'm like, I'm like share. And I'm like, <sighs> so in high school, I used to go to, I like to try to be the first one there so I can correct them and have them write share next to my name. Such a control freak. Thank you. That's where you, oh man, you're, I'm in control. You will call me this. What? Yes. Yes. Ain't no man gonna tell me Ain't about me and my nothing. kids. Nothing. That was a famous saying by my mother. Ain't no man gonna tell me about me and my kids. Mm -mm. I said, like, what if he was a billionaire though, Ma? <laughs> <laughs> well, give him a little spank, spank. Uh-uh, if he ain't got God. If God didn't send him to me, if right? God. <laughs> you know? Ma, how do you know I'm not trying to set you up and this is God? Boy, stop. <laughs> nah, honey, I'm fine by myself. Uh-huh, I'm fine by myself. That is... Ain't nobody gonna tell me about me and my grandkids. Ain't nobody gonna talk about me and my grandkids. Mm-mm. Yeah. So, Therapy, huh? Yeah. Therapy helps. It does. It's really helped me. It's really helped me a lot. I don't feel like shit today. That's wonderful. Yeah. Yesterday I felt like shit though. Hey, what you need to do is get a a big punching bag and punch yourself when you feel that way. Why would I get a punching bag to punch? I mean myself? a punching fist. A big punching fist and you punch yourself. Why why do you always have to go to violence? <laughs> because that's how you're gonna get it, Michael. 
<laughs> you can't wake up and see your house and see all your hats and all your shoes. Those are just things. There are things, but you've accomplished. Look at all your damn pictures. You've been places, you go places. Like, Is that how you see me? Yeah. You see me as what? How do you view, how, how do you see me? How do you see me? <laughs> well, I mean, definitely different how everybody else sees you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know the real Michael Lopez. So what does that mean? You know, what the does it mean? Mike? What does that mean? What does it mean? Like I already told you, like I know you, Mr. Lopez. Back to your life over here. I don't. I don't know why you beat yourself up so hard. I. I don't know. You see, you need to th just appreciate and just remember. I do appreciate. That you do, but then you get into your moment, like you had yesterday, and be beating yourself up. You do do enough. You are enough. But this is where I say that you're like Kanye, right? Because I feel like. Not everybody is made to be the greatest, okay? Like, I feel like, yeah, you can be good, but, you know, not everybody's made to be a doctor, right? Or you're, you're that intelligent or you can get through all that. That's why we don't have, the whole world's not, we're not all doctors because we're just not made to go there, right? Like, so not everybody is like a Kanye, there are lots of you guys that are on that level because you guys are on just kind of like different levels, right? And I think that just kind of goes with you guys because I think that even when I've watched interviews about him or even like Kimmy, <laughs> it's like there's always better. You always can be better mm -hmm. and you push really hard. Yeah. You know, but I think that's why people that greatness can easily beat themselves up because then you think of like, I'm not doing enough. It's not, this is not the best. This is not, but in reality, I feel like everybody else that can look at you, like you totally like are doing the best. Hmm. And you do have the best and you've traveled and you, you know, you're hoping to do more traveling and you do for others, so it's not like you're selfish because you're not with like giving and stuff, you know? I'm not selfish? I said with like giving and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Okay, okay man. I'll accept it. Anywho. Anywho. Get well, a punching punching fist thing and punch yourself in the mouth okay note to self punch, punch self in the mouth in the mouth <laughs> she, she will periodically call me and go slap yourself or i'll get a text message slap yourself <laughs> i think i sent you a, te uh, a photo one time where i slap i actually slapped myself dumb dumb so here you want to see it bam oh it hurts why'd you hit me she said harder <laughs> do it harder next time michael <laughs> Uh, well, hey, look, I, I I thank you for coming on here and 
and opening up. Oh, you're paying big money. Uh, am I? Oh, you're dropping coin right now. <laughs> I'll take uh, cash, no check. Thank you very much. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Here's a quarter. <laughs> do something wrong. Do something awesome with it. Yeah, do something great. That's not even it. tax, fool. Yeah, whatever, I see. Shut your mouth, essay. That's usually what I tell her. Shut your mouth, essay. We. So, Whatever. thanks for coming. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I love you. I know. I love you too, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> You're my brother. You're my brother, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say, Shishir? Uh, uh, I love you too, Michael. If only you could have seen us mm. 30 plus years ago. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Violence. Violence. Anger. You, yeah. you brought the anger out of me. I babysit you, okay? So that's God. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's another. A, that's, a, that's another podcast for another day. Mm. Sibling abuse. You. <laughs> no. No. Yes. You. 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 Mental torture by siblings. You. Dumb. All right. <laughs> Catch you on the next podcast. This is Mike Lopez. Peace. <laughs>